What's going on, Magic fans? We have a great episode planned for you guys this week. We were joined by Oscar Creed from the Magic Report on Instagram and Twitter. However, there was an issue with Oscar's audio, so we do have to rely on the Zoom audio for this week's episode yet again. I know it's not the best quality, but right now it's our only option to be able to get this episode out to you guys. So we're going to do our best moving forward to make sure that these audio issues are ironed out, but sometimes these things cannot be helped. But we know you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Let's go. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball by fans for fans. Go Magic. His second shot is no good. Rebounded by Anthony. Two seconds left. Anthony for the win. Got it. He rolls it. Cole Anthony gives the Magic a victory. Improbable. Unbelievable in Minneapolis. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is January 25th, 2021. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. That man will slap you harder than Cole Anthony slapped Tyler Zeller tonight. <laughs> Thank he Cody really want to. Yeah, 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 Cody, Cody. Yeah, yeah, Cody, right? Cody, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I, we'll be... I just default to Tyler Zeller, UNC alum. But yeah, Cody Zeller got just, you just know what's smacked. left tonight. Just, I don't just know smacked. what Cole was thinking. <laughs> he had a coming. You might, hear a, uh, you might hear an unfamiliar laugh in the background tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by Oscar Creed of the Magic Report. What's going on, man? Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me here tonight. I'm really excited to be uh, talking with you guys tonight. I got a lot of stuff in my mind. I got a <laughs> vent. I got some good things to say. I got bad things to say. And uh, let's get started. Let's get going. So I didn't ask Luke about this, and we haven't really talked to, to Oscar about this yet either. Um, but, Oscar, did you watch the, the Conor McGregor fight this weekend? I did not have a chance to. I did see all the oh, memes, man. though, and I did update myself a little bit what was going on. I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw the final hit. I saw the final hit. Oh, that, was, that was something. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on that? Um, man, it was a crazy – I mean, it was crazy because, I mean, everybody knew going into it that watches UFC that Dustin Poirier has a chin on him and can take some hits. Um, but McGregor, man, like – just was unloading on him in the first round. It looked like in the first round, there was one time where he stunned him, um, where he stunned Poirier and looked like it was, it was going to be over in the first round. Dustin Poirier quick to get him in the clinch up against the fence and take him, get a takedown um, really neutralized McGregor. And then coming in the second round, like super hot. It just felt like McGregor was way too aggressive, um, way too aggressive, arrogant per usual. He's an entertainer. That's who he is. But if you're an entertainer and you take risks, I mean, you're, you're going to get knocked out sometimes. I believe that was the first time Connor had ever been uh, knocked out. So um, pretty, pretty crazy to see Dustin Poirier do it, especially when everybody, including Vegas, disrespected him with the odds. He was a huge underdog. Um, I mean, that's, he, he looked good and um, how he kind of reacted to Connor didn't get, you know, didn't, wasn't, didn't panic or anything like that. Um, second round looked good and got the job done. It was an awesome, it was an awesome fight. I wish it would have lasted longer, but I mean, the unthinkable happened. Connor got knocked out. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it was a, I thought it was a pretty good card. Um, you know, the, the hooker fight right before that, I thought, I mean, I thought hooker was going to take care of business. Um, you know, Chandler coming in 34 years old, making his UFC debut, um, just put the beats on the kid. 
But as far as Connor goes, um, it just didn't seem like he had a good uh, game plan for the leg kicks. It looked like he wasn't expecting that. At no, all. he said didn't he was checking leg kicks, leg no, kicks, he, but he, he wasn't. He was. He, he thought he was. I thought I was. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you weren't. And then, that man uh, had a bum leg and was worried yeah, so was, much about that. Oh he got goodness. his face popped off. That was crazy. Yeah. As soon as, uh, I mean, you saw you saw Poirier just hit him right on the button. It was just like the eye went <laughs> different directions, and it was. It Dude, was over from there. It's but, insane, um, Oscar. I know you said you didn't you didn't watch the fight. I would I would encourage you to go to YouTube and just type in full fight McGregor Poirier. 100%. It was it was crazy because you'll watch the first round and be like, how did Connor lose this fight? And then early <laughs> second round, just night night. It was insane. Yeah, I heard a lot well, about be Kaf- careful because. Uh, oh, you go. Just yeah, be careful. Bad. Dana White's out there looking for those streamers. So <laughs> <laughs> you saw the. Uh, the um like the press conference the day before the fight but he did like, say that we're gonna get you fur like he was <laughs> ready for that dude so be careful when you're looking for those streams out there yeah no but, i um, still watched it on stream so. the streamers will like always it. be invincible you will never take down the streamers <laughs> man never especially up in canada you gotta watch orlando magic basketball not that we condone that but you know sometimes you gotta do what you gotta hey, do right? sh- sh- we got yeah you're right you're right it is what it is man <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's talk a little bit about Oscar. So a lot of you obviously follow Oscar on Instagram, I'm sure. Unfortunately, you know, a couple of weeks back, his original account was was taken down on Instagram. I don't know if you want to talk too much about that, but you're up to like 17.4K. Um, but a lot of people want to know, you know, um, just you being in Canada, you know, how did you become a Magic fan? Why are you a Magic fan living in Canada? So, yeah, we'll, we'll first start off with a quick rest in peace to my OG page. Um <laughs> I, I miss you and I wish you were here, but you know what? We, we come by, we over, we uh, overcome and we're fine. But yeah, about Canada. I mean, it's, it's, it's a frequently asked question. It's, it's confusing to say the least for a lot of people. I mean, you'd think I'd be a Raptors fan. The whole country is behind one team, but um, I, my, my NBA fan experience has kind of been all over the place. When I was younger, um, I, I grew up in New Jersey and I was, I, I was raised there. So I was, I was a fan of the Nets for the most part. And when they moved to Brooklyn, um, I wasn't a big fan of that. I didn't like that. I, I rep my state with pride. So um, I always loved Dwight Howard. He was one of my favorite players. I loved Kobe. So I was kind of in between um, the magic and loving Kobe and the Lakers. And then Kobe left and I had no attachment to LA. So it's, it was the magic. And, and that's, I, like yeah. it, man. So, I mean, being a, a magic fan, what, what kind of inspired you to start the original, the, the magic report? What, what inspired you to start the Instagram page? If I can be brutally honest, it was, I, I honestly noticed it was back in what, 2016, I think I started it. That was a uh, sophomore year of high school. And I just noticed there were no, there was no representation or very little representation of um, a, a magic fan community on Instagram. Like I knew you had the, uh, like the heat community was, was, was big. The uh, Lakers community, Celtics, all the big market communities were really big and booming. Um, and I noticed that, you know, I was like, I love, talking about sports i love uh uh creating content and i saw there was no huge representation actually besides orlando magic hq they were there they were there from the start they've been there for a while big shout out to them um but i saw kind of like a lack of representation and said you know why not well that's that's the thing i mean if you go back to like 2016 i mean i was mostly on twitter at that point as far as like the the twitter community goes and everybody knows like magic twitter like the magic game on twitter a lot of people have been there since like you know 2012 13 that's kind of when i got into it um but you are 100 percent correct as far as really every platform i mean even if you look at podcasts you look at twitter you look at instagram the dark days i mean it's kind of 
on the upswing now, you're seeing more accounts, it seems like, every couple of weeks. But, I mean, for your podcast, it was mainly, like, Locked On Magic or, you know, Orlando Magic Daily, you know, that podcast yeah. at the time. Right. Um, and then, like you said, there just aren't many, uh, you know, outlets, you know, around social media that, that cover the magic. So we were kind of uh, – our show was kind of one of the, you know, not too far – uh, after that, like maybe like the third or fourth, you know, uh, fan Orlando Magic podcast. So, so that's awesome though. You've done a, a great job. If you guys were following the Magic Report before, um, and you're not following the the new page, Oscar, you want to tell them where they can find that? I think it's the Magic Report too, right? The Magic the Report two, two the on Instagram. The Magic Report on Twitter stayed the same. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Absolutely awesome. All right, well, our listeners came to the podcast to hear some Orlando Magic basketball talk. So we're going to start with that. Each week we start with the state of the Magic, let you guys know how the Magic did this week and where they currently are in the standings, all that good stuff. So the Magic went 2-3 and three on the week with a loss in New York to the Knicks, a thrilling win in Minnesota on a Cole Anthony buzzer beating three over the Wolves, overtime loss in Indiana to the Pacers, then they split a home back-to-back with the Hornets losing Sunday night and then winning tonight. We're recording this Monday night. Orlando is 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games for a current record of 8-10. and 10. Currently ninth in the East behind the 8th seed Knicks. Uh, the Knicks are also 8-10, um, and 10, but they hold the head-to-head tiebreaker. We talked about that loss to the Knicks earlier in the week. Uh, coming into the night, the Magic were 27th in the league in offensive rating. 104.8 points per 100 possessions, which is down from 26th in the league last week. And then they are 18th in the league in defensive rating at 110.4 points per 100 possessions, which is up from 23rd last week. So the defense signs of it getting a little bit better. 538 as of today gives the Magic a 53% chance of making the playoffs, which is down from 63% a week ago. That was down to 49% of making the playoffs prior to tonight's game. So, guys, it just shows you what one win can do for your playoff projections as far as 538 goes. And then we're going to throw it to Luke for the injury report. Yeah, so injury report, it's long. It's a, it's a long list. It feels like there's always got to be – there's always got there's always got to be three people on the injury report at all times, it feels like. Uh, we had MCW still listed questionable with the foot injury. Uh, missed the last 11 games, I think, out since January 4th. Al Farouk Aminu is yet to make a season debut. When's he going to come back? I have no freaking clue. Uh, Chuma Okiki um, continues to work back from that bone bruise. Um, All three of those players did participate in non-contact portion of practice this week. Um, So we would hope that sometime soon that we'll get to see one, two, maybe all three of those guys back. Uh, Mo Bamba seemingly rejoined the team after clearing the league's health and safety protocols. Um, obviously, and we'll touch on that here in a second, I'm sure. Um, and then Fournier, um, with that, his return after those back spasms, which Jonathan can attest to back spasms are no joke. So missing that many games to some people be like, Oh, come on, you're back, you're back. That's it. And then Jonathan would tell you, no, that is, that is terrible. Um, so yeah. And and then you've had, you know, guys miss here and there, you know, Aaron Gordon missing, uh, one game, you know, that Sunday night with back and hip soreness. So, um, yeah. I uh, I that I think yeah, I we covered. Won't, we won't everything. go into Ji and Markel. Everybody knows. I don't need to mention them. It just makes me want to no. cry. So yeah, no. uh, keep it to yourself. Absolutely, keep it to yeah. yourself. <laughs> can definitely confirm the uh, confirm the back spasms. I mean, when when they're going on with me, I can't even pick up my you know thirty pound child. Other than you know, just to 
put her in her high chair or whatever. I couldn't imagine trying to play an NBA basketball game. It's just not possible whatsoever. But, um, yeah, so I wanted to ask you guys about Mo Bamba. So, Luke, you, you touched on, you know, he was out, you know, with the, the non-team-related contact tracing, meaning he was in contact with somebody that had COVID, but he didn't test positive for COVID, but he still had to miss, you know, 10, 14 days, whatever the league's protocol is right now, and then was listed as available for Sunday night. But Clifford said it wasn't likely that he was going to play. He didn't play tonight either. So my question is, Oscar, you can take this. What do you think is going on with Mo? It's a it's a big question mark, and I gotta tell you, every game he does not play, or there is extremely limited play, I'm growing a little more concerned uh, and more concerned. Like you and I were talking about uh, just before the show about how Kem Birch has done a pretty decent job filling in for Mo in this time of uh, you know recovery, and um, you know I think he's he's done a decent job, but 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 Mo Mo will not progress if he doesn't get any sort of minutes. If he's healthy, if he's if he's healthy like Cliff says he is and he can be out there and he can practice with the team, you know, why in God's name is he not out there playing with everyone else? It's it's ridiculous. But there there has to be some behind the scenes uh something going on that it's 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 worrisome, I think. I think it's a bigger problem than we than we know right now. Yeah, I and that's something Luke, that what do you think I mean, that's something I've said on the show so many times, which is there's something more to this whole thing. We we know that, that he had COVID. We know that it affects your conditioning. We know all of that. But there just always seems to be something slightly off. Like it's not being handled like a routine like a, a routine time where a guy has COVID, struggles with conditioning, comes back. Um, he's been cleared. That, and it does. And I've also said this a thousand times. The, the franchise is so secretive about things that we're, we'll never. I mean, I don't know. I don't. We'll eventually know, but it, I don't know when that'll be. I don't know. I haven't seen post game press conference uh, tonight with with Cliff. I don't even know if they've released that through Orlando Magic PR, but um, I I have no idea. But I hope that there is someone that asked about Mo um, because it, it's just been really abnormal uh, the whole thing and how it's been handled. There's something we don't know. And uh, I really don't know what it could be. So the thing about like transparency or, I mean, sometimes with the magic, it's like a lack thereof is that when you don't tell people what's going on, it just like breeds rumors and speculation and we can't help it. Cause we're like, all right, why is Mo not on the floor? Supposedly healthy, you know, blah, 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 whatever is going on. The only thing that I can, like the only thing that makes sense to me based off of what we know, like you guys are saying, there's definitely, it could be something that we don't know. Right. But based off of what we know, I mean, when Mo started playing, it was like he had just kind of gotten to the point where he could play again. And then we were seeing him kind of in limited minutes. It seemed like for a little bit there, he was only getting playing time, you know, in garbage time and blowouts. And then he had like, I think he might've had like one or two games where he actually got some like minutes in like the, the first half yeah, and played a little bit in the second half as well. And then instantly boom, the, the non-team contact tracing comes and he's out for, what was it, like two weeks or whatever. So my thing is like his conditioning just got back to the point where he could play and then not being able to do anything for two weeks because my understanding is when you're in the league health and safety protocols, you are not allowed to exercise. So that is that is the only thing that makes sense to me because the only reason I know that actually is because I have Jason Tatum in my fantasy league. And when he went into the league and safety protocols, it was specifically laid out for me that it's got to be like 10 days of negative testing. And then it's like another couple of days that they can't exercise. So it's going to take a few days for him to get his conditioning back and then he'll be available to play. So if that 
notification that I got from ESPN Fantasy is accurate, then we could have seen a similar thing with Mo. Is that yes, he was cleared, but now he it's going to take him a little bit of time to get his conditioning back. And it seems like that's been a story with Mo for six, seven months now. Is his conditioning level? And so yet he is. That would come... be the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, and the thing is, he's come what? out and said like on on a you know on occasion already like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. I don't know if he took a major step back in conditioning this past time. And, and would it take that long to get back? I, if he already was good before, I mean, this is a guy who uh, granted a lot of it is in like just, you know, garbage time minutes, but he has gotten, you know, uh, one meaningful run in the fir- in the first half of a game thus far. But this is a guy is per 36 is like 22 points a game and 15 rebounds. Like I know it's against trash can players, but like, you got to think there's there there's something there um whether it's a dynamic with he and cliff i don't know i don't know if there is like a weird tension thing um but between them and the front office and how to handle it and you know everybody's got their own opinions and so yeah i i really don't i don't know where to land with what i think about mobamba in regards to the organization i was i was gonna say i think I, you know it's it might be a fair kind of point to raise if um you know, the, the whole tension between, is there a lack of trust between Mo Bamba and Coach Cliff? Is there a, is there a kind of vibe that Cliff gets that he, that Mo might mess up the way that the team is playing now or whatever, you know? I mean, but it's, 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 it's such a, it's so unclear and it goes back to what Jonathan said. And it's, it's like the, the organization has a pattern of not telling us, uh, telling us as fans, you know, it's not, they're not clearly um, telling us that it's uh, what what the deal is. So. And that that's not going to change anytime soon. I mean, we can sit up here and guess and speculate and, you know, create rumors all we want. The only thing that is really going to tell us what's going on is time. I, I would hope that, you know, by, you know, Wednesday or Friday, like Mo needs to be back in the rotation. If not, I'll be in like full blown panic mode. I think people like people look at Vooch and how well Vooch is playing this year. And they're like, Oh, we can, you know, trade Mo or, or whatever the case may be. And that, that might be true. But I still think the potential of this team is going to, you know, reach its peak if the best players on the team are Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and, and Cole Anthony and Chuma Okiki. If Vucevic is going to be the best team, the, the best player on this team for the next five years, the Magic are not sniffing a championship. As good as Vuce has been, I hate to say that, but those are just the facts. And, um, I mean, the, the defensive potential of this team skyrockets if Mo can become the guy that we think he can be you know as far as a rim protector and everything like that so hopefully we'll see Mo this week I at this point I don't even want to speculate on that because we honestly have no idea but um really quick I mean five games uh just because of like scheduling and everything and work and stuff like that we're recording Monday night usually we would record on a Sunday night but we've got five games to cover this week so I mean, the next game was a week ago. We're not going to get too much into that, but but we'll touch on each of those just like we do each week. So next game last Monday, um, Magic scored 13 points in the first quarter, scored 16 points in the third quarter. I think that tells you pretty much all you need to know about this game. Embarrassing. Absolutely man. embarrassing. Magic were down two with 56 seconds to go before Aaron Gordon just left his feet, had a terrible turnover. Uh, Knicks go down the other end. R.J. Barrett lay up. Knicks go up four, and the game was pretty much over from there. Aaron Gordon... 18.17 rebounds was credited with nine assists on the night that has since been corrected. And Aaron Gordon has been credited with a triple double that night, 18.17 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, 
Aaron is definitely starting to flourish a bit in his, his playmaking role. So that was great to see. And the Timberwolves game on Tuesday, we can spend some time on this because it was just absolutely incredible. Um, Evan Fournier was back in the lineup. Uh, Magic up four after the first quarter, then scored 10 points in the second quarter. I had tweeted, I was like, there's no way that this is like, Evan Fournier is going to give us a big boost. And then people were just killing me. It was like, how was I supposed to know the Magic were going to score freaking 10 points in the second quarter? Like that, there was just no way I saw it going worse than the first quarter against the Knicks. But down 16 at half, then down nine heading into the fourth. They were down five with 50 seconds left. Ennis has the ball under the basket, finds Cole wide open on the right wing. Cole rises up, hits the three. Um, then the the next possession, um, Gordon is open um, at the, the top of the key, misses the three. Magic foul Jared Vanderbilt with 4.7 seconds left. So your team is down two, 4.7 seconds left. Opposing team going to the line and shoot two free throws. You lose that game 99 out of 100 times you lose that game. So I'm watching this, just waiting for him to hit one of the free throws or hit both of them. The game would definitely be over. But he misses the first one, and you're like, okay, even if we get the rebound, if he make, makes the second one, we get the rebound, it's going to be like a half-court you know, lob. Or you're just going to throw the ball up, hope it goes in, and then you're going to force overtime. He misses the second one. The ball gets tipped to Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony drives the length of the floor, Hits a running, leaning three, nothing but net. Magic go crazy, win 97 to 94. Vucevic, 28 points, eight rebounds. Evan Fournier with 24 points in his return. And uh, Cole Anthony, 13 points, six rebounds, five of seven from the floor, three of three from three. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, run me through the whole scenario of you watching that game, just the last couple of minutes unfolding. Cole hits a three. Oscar, what are you thinking? You know, I was like on the edge of my seat, like I have been with the majority of magic games this year. Um, and against a, a Timberwolves team, that's been, you know, uh, injury depleted. Uh, they're missing cat. You know, it was, I was, I was hoping for a better start to the game as well. You know, throughout the game, I was like, Oh, well, Christ, we're on a, it was a 33 to six run at one point in the second quarter. And when we get to the fourth quarter, Vanderbilt misses those free throws. I was, I was feeling the same way you were as well. I was like, well, this game's over. There's no way he misses both. Like, everyone miss, everyone makes one. Right. And, I quite literally stood up and screamed and, and, and ran around my house like a kid in a candy store watching that shot go in. That was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It was, um, I, I didn't think it was real at first. I thought I, that was, that was Cole's like pro welcome to the NBA moment. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was his, yeah. his first official big highlight. And I was, I couldn't be happier for the kid. It was, I'm, I'm not going to forget that shot. That's almost, that, that was almost as big to me as that DJ Augustine shot um, yeah. back in game one. Just well, amazing. Well, and that's the thing is it, Cole Anthony, the one thing that nobody has doubted since the day he got into the league, since the day he got drafted just by his interviews, he's confident. Oh, yeah. He's a confident kid. Um, he's going to shoot, and he's not scared of the moment. We saw that in preseason. Obviously, preseason's preseason, but we saw it. I mean, he he did, you know, he, he had late game heroics in the preseason. Um, but the, the, the impressive part to me is it's one thing, like when, when DJ hit that three, the game was tied, right? It is a completely different thing when you're down oh, yeah. taking that shot. It, oh, it's yeah. completely different. And it, with DJ, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to step into this three. If I miss it, we go to overtime. And, and it's a great Toronto team. You know, we're going to overtime. With Cole Anthony, it's like the team is struggling. We're down. 
and then, uh, and he has to think so quickly to get the rebound. He knew that he'd be the fastest guy to just push it up the court. He couldn't wait on his teammates, and he had to shoot it. Like, at that moment, he knew, I'm the guy. Yeah. So uh, that, that was the most impressive part to me. As a rookie, being down, not tied, and taking that game-winning shot, the pressure, I feel like, is completely different. And the just adrenaline that you have after the game, I know even as Magic fans, like, like watching that play over and over i'm over here editing the video to titanic music like there everybody is on cloud nine and it was just one of those games like magic fans desperately needed um and it seemed to be the game that cole anthony desperately needed oh yeah oh yeah that's he'll i I think i think his efficiency um his overall uh uh how he feels on offense kind of slowly started to build up. I know, I know we saw some shooting struggles here and there, but who's not going to have growing pains. I think from there on, we're going to see a gradual incline in confidence and how he feels with the ball in his hand. So I got accused by multiple people of almost crying in my, like my post game, like little one minute recap that I did. after the game. I was like, honestly, like I understand where people are coming from, but I was more just in complete disbelief and like laughing my way through that because I just – I could not believe it. Like, Evan has a great look at three, right? You're right. down two. Evan's got a, a pretty good look, gives up a better look to Aaron. Now, I still would rather have Evan taking that shot than Aaron in that situation, but Aaron's got a great look at it. He's been shooting the ball pretty well lately, but he misses that shot, and I'm just like, damn. Like, that was mm-hmm. that was the game right there. Like, the kid's going to line. And when I found out that he was like a 54% free throw shooter or something crazy like that, I'm like, all right, we've got a chance to go to overtime here, but you, you're still thinking he's going to miss one. I mean, he's going to yeah. make one. Yeah. This is the first, and then that the, the rim just makes that, like, rah, sound. That like was the, the grossest worst. noise I've was, ever heard Dude, in my it life. sounded like a straight-up wet fart. I'm like, what is going on here? Every time the ball hit the rim, that mic on the that rim. The whole game. I was thinking that the entire game. But then Cole is running the length of the floor, and you're like, man, he's just going to have to chuck one up. This And this, this shot never goes in. And it just goes in. Nothing That's but a- that, and I just, I just stood up. I'm like, let's go! <laughs> you know, it's like 11 o'clock at night here. I immediately run over in it, you know, the rooms back here and make sure I didn't wake up my wife and the baby. I, I run in the room. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't wake anyone up, thankfully, but just like – and then the best part is not only, like, our excitement, but seeing how excited the players got. Like, you see Boots jumping up just like a little kid. You see the whole team mob him. You see them going crazy in the locker room. It, like – the the DJ mo like the DJ shot is right up there as far as like plays but like the you know Steve Clifford after the Magic clinched the the playoff victory you know to go into that Toronto series yep. when describing the locker room he described it as unbridled joy like the way that the guys were celebrating especially guys like Vooch Evan and Aaron Gordon after you know seven years playing for this team not making the playoffs finally making the playoffs just the amount of elation. And, and it kind of felt the same way, especially you see that MCW locker room video after the game with, with Cole. That, that's how it felt. And that, that's how it felt as a Magic fan. It was like, sweet, especially like the, the week that we had had up to that point, you know, uh, Markel tearing his ACL, like basically a week before that. The whole week sucks. We're in the middle of like a six-game losing streak. And it was just like, that, that was exactly what we needed at the moment. And yeah. part of me is like, I wish we could just like, sim the rest of the season because we all know how it's probably going to go you know moving forward um you know if the last couple of weeks or any indication but just a great shot you're absolutely right like it's it's really um like boosted his confidence he's been more efficient lately we'll talk about that in a second but um man we, we didn't get a chance to I, I almost wanted to hit luke up and be like dude let's do an emergency podcast right now 
but it was so late at night. It was a weeknight. It was just there. There was no way that that was going to fly. But um, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So um, yeah. then on and, Thursday, no, go ahead, Luke. Yeah, just real quick, and we'll you know end on this game recap with this. But um, I I've said it multiple times, right? The the thing that I have been saying is I want our young guys to play in games that matter. I want right. our guys to play in games that matter. And for that to, for the game to matter, the record has to be decent. So I would much rather Cole Anthony hit that shot at this point in the season than later in the season. If this record goes downhill, I'm yeah. glad that we started six and two. I'm glad that, um, you know, Cole got the chance to shoot that shot and it could really alter the rest of his season because even though, even with a person with good confidence, um, his confidence is now through the roof um, tonight. And we'll, we'll get to this as well, but tonight having his career high, I don't know if his career high happens tonight without the game winner against the Timberwolves on January 20th. Easy, easy there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Listen, I'm excited. All right. I'm just kidding. You guys, you know, kidding. you know, you, you were, you were crying after the game and, okay. and you, know, <laughs> you watched you watch the mouth. I'm, I'm about to Cody tell you in a second here. All right. All right. No, you but, got uh, caught. In, you got caught in 4k, bro. We saw it. <laughs> we saw it. Hey, hey, I got, I got the iPhone 11 pro. What's up? I got the HD front facing camera. Don't hate. He's got all right, all on right. the front of that thing. Okay, don't be, don't all right. Be hating. Don't all be right, hating. all right, money bags. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm on the I'm on the AT&T next plan. You know the way that my bank account is set up. Um, anyways, look at you. Uh, Pacers game on Thursday. So the Pacers game was really back and forth the entire game. It was like the Magic win win, win, win a quarter. The Pacers win a quarter. It just really went back to back. Lee changes everything like that. So Orlando is up two. 15 seconds to go. Um, Aaron Gordon is trying to inbound the ball to Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier catches the ball. He was fouled. Um, I think it was by Malcolm Brogdon, but he did step out of bounds. So the, the call on the floor was out of bounds. They did not, um, you know, reverse that call. De, uh, Demonis Sabonis goes down, scores, ties the game up. Uh, we go into overtime. Um, Evan Fournier um, has a, a really good look. I believe the game was tied at a three. Misses the three. Yep. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon hits, hits a big shot at the other end. And then Evan had another decent look at three down two, but could not convert magic lose 118 to 120. That one, one stung. It was like, there's no way we're, I think I called Luke like right after that game. And it was like, there's no way we we're going to get lucky two games in a row. No. Yeah. Get, yeah. Buster beating game winners. That's just, what, it yeah. doesn't happen to the magic. That does not happen to the magic. No. Ever. no. And I, I told, that's why I told Jonathan, I was like, going into that possession, um, with the way, you know, Evan missing that three and then Brogdon, I mean, the I mean, that hurt with 3.5 left in the game. Um, I actually think the magic were up one when he hit that. And then that put them up too. Um, that's right. it was a three. And so Evan's three would have won the game. Um, and that's why in that moment I was thinking there's just no possible way and no reality to do the magic get back to back games with game winners. Like it, it just, it doesn't happen. So my hopes weren't super high going into that Evan Fournier three pointer because, because of that. I mean, it's just like the odds there to win back-to-back games on buzzer beaters. It's not in your favor. Well, it's like, hey, I, wanna, I just I won wanna, the lottery. I, maybe I can, maybe I'm on a heater. Maybe I can hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> I want I wanted to take a sec to honestly, just a um, uh, uh, little appreciation moment for Evan Fournier this season. I think. Oh, Oscar, you're, look, you're, you're, you're on thin ice here already with it. I, <laughs> hey, Hey, you. If you guys paid, if you guys paid a lot of attention last year or to my page last season, you know I gave Evan his fair share of hate. I, I ripped into him when he needed to hear it. But I think, my 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 analyzation of Evan is, he is given the role of the guy who needs to shoot the last shot, 
be our clutch player when really he's not that guy. He's not supposed to be that guy on a good winning team. He's supposed to be um, – he's not even a 3 and D guy because yeah, I'm just going to give him the three. Even though his, his defense has, I think, improved this year a little bit um, – He's, he's Daddy been, Gordon Hayward would like a word. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you know what? That's that's fair. That's fair. But I but you know I think I think Evan deserves a little more praise this year just because I think his offense is looking a little cleaner. I think he's honestly he he's our best option to give the last second shot to right now until we see, you know until until Cliff wants to give those shots to Vooch because Vooch is looking great from beyond uh beyond the three point line this year. I'm I'm super surprised with everywhere. that. Everywhere, everywhere he's butter man. That is good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good. It. That's an all NBA center right there. Yeah, I have the same. I think basically we're all in a, in agreement here um, when it comes to Evan. I think especially, you know, we'll talk about the Hornets games in, in just a second, but especially you look at the last three games, you know, the Pacers game and then, um, you know, both of the, both of the Hornets games like last night, especially, you know, like the, the last, um, you know, eight or nine minutes trying to get back in. Well, you know, they, they had the lead and then they gave it away and then it just turns into, okay, I'm just going to either get my shot or I'm going to give the ball to Vooch and see what Vooch can do. And it just turned into that over and over and over yep. again. And not only does it kill the offensive flow, but it just completely takes the other guys out of the game because they're just standing around watching, you know, Vooch and, and Evan play. Luckily tonight, yep. when it started to get kind of close there, um, you know, the, the bench went on a, on a crazy tear and, and was able to, um, you know, create space for us. But I, I think that's a, a fair criticism. I mean, I, I just got into an argument with a kid tonight on Twitter. Um, if you're out there listening, you know, n- no offense, but you're just wrong. I mean, he, he's trying to say that Evan is like the least clutch player in the history of the planet. But, I mean, history shows that he's one of, if not the most clutch player on this team. Is oh. he miscast? Absolutely. Does he make mistakes at the worst possible time? Yeah, he does do that. <laughs> but he's, he's still a heck of a player. No, and and we can play a game there for anybody that thinks that Evan Forney is not the guy that you want taking that shot, or you can argue Vucevic. I don't mind, um, but but you start arguing Terrence Ross or whatever. Uh, we're just going to stop the conversation there. Great, Terrence Ross is great, but it's it's different. Um, we can play a game. It, it's called go to YouTube and type in uh, Orlando Magic <laughs> game winning shots, and in the last five six years, you tell me who has the most to pop up. Uh, Evan Fournier is up there quite a few times. Um, and so I, I think that it's kind of a disease at this point, uh, the the hate on Evan Fournier. Um, I am one of those people that is criti- critical of Evan Fournier. I'm very critical of him. Yes, he is miscast. Yes, that's the case. But in your role, you still are going to receive flack for those things that you do wrong. And that's just part of being the man. So um, I, I, I do feel for Evan sometimes that, that, that is his role very clearly. Um, <laughs> but man, when he turns the ball over and, and pivotal moments, or he just makes the wrong play, there's no one that I get mad at quicker in late game moments <laughs> than Evan Fournier. His, 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 the string is not long at all for him. Um, but again, if there's a shot, I'm fine with, you know, Evan taking that final shot against the Pacers. Um, and I, yeah, I wish we would have gone in, but like, you can't tell me, but for a fact, any other player would have hit that shot either on the magic. It's just kind of the, what we're working with at the moment. Like, that's it. I'd rather he shoot it than Ross or anybody. You know what? I, ter- I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little upset with Terrence Ross's performance over the last few games. I'm uh, right. it's tough to watch. Yep. Shot 12% tonight. So holy smokes, man. Yeah. The, oh the torch God. has, uh, has, uh, flamed out a little bit, <laughs> uh, in comparison to his, uh, the way that he started the season. I mean, I'm still a, a Terrence Ross believer. It's just, he, you know, it, it's like, it's like, it's like putting Tom Brady out there with no offensive line. 
Yeah. Like, you know, the one guy that you have to stop, everybody's attention is on him. And he, he's, it's just impossible right now for him to get an open look. It's just no matter what in that second unit, they're just laser focused on Terrence. Um, you know, before Markel went out, you had Cole, you had Chuma. When those guys started to knock down shots, you know, it, Terrence was able to get open. And it's like, okay, now you don't have anybody. And we're just going to, again, laser focus on you. So it's just, he's definitely having a rough go at it. Um, like the beginning of the season, we saw a lot of like pump fakes and him trying to, you know, get into the lane. We're not seeing that as much. So I think that is a little bit concerning, but I'm right there with you guys. If it's not Evan it, right now, it's Vooch. And the thing to remember is when we're trying to analyze this team right now, it's like, what are we really talking about? Like we're, we're getting to the point where we're talking about Dwayne Bacon. We're talking about James Ennis. <laughs> we're talking about Ken Birch, Jordan Bone. Oh, Gary Clark. Dude. Like, like, let's not act like this roster is not going through it right now. This is yeah, tough. Like we cannot put too much blame <laughs> on anybody because we've just been eviscerated by the lack of health yeah. on this team. I mean, you could argue when we talk. All right, let's go through it. Kel, J.I., uh, Michael Carter-Williams, Chuma, Alfred Aminu, uh, Bamba. So yeah, throw Bamba in there. Six, seven guys there who are all, like, rotation guys. All guys who compete for so, minutes. And Gordon yeah. missing that yeah. last game. He'll probably Absolutely. end up missing a few games here and there, right? Gordon's been in right. and out, so it's – Yeah, yeah. It, that's another thing. So, we'll, let, let's talk about the Hornets game last night. First of all, before we get into that, if Aaron's playing, we'd probably win that game. Like, yeah. like Aaron plays a, a lot more on Gordon Hayward, you know, uh, tonight than obviously he didn't play last night. But, uh, yeah, we can talk about that. So, really, the Magic dominated the Hornets for the first 36 minutes. They were up 12 heading into the fourth. And then just a complete collapse by the Magic. Ended up being down nine with four minutes to go. They go on a miraculous comeback. Gary Clark hits a three. Evan hits two straight threes. Terrence hits a three with eight seconds to go to tie the game. And then Aaron, uh, Gordon Hayward just blows by Evan Fournier. Hits a layup with .7 seconds to go. And then Cole Anthony just cannot inbound the ball. Magic turn the ball over on a five-second call, and then the Magic lose. Um, 22 points, 13 rebounds uh, out of Nikola Vucevic. Gordon Hayward dropped 39, basically a 40-burger on us. So uh, but let's just talk about that. Like last night in that game, um, again, in, especially in the fourth quarter, it turned into the, the Evan Fournier and Vucevic show. Those two guys trying to get them back into the game. And, um, I mean – Sure, the last four minutes they go on a on a crazy run, but it's just not conducive to winning basketball for this team to go through such long stretches where the ball does not move. Like the, the comeback tonight we saw, we were down 15 points. We got back into that game by ball movement, hitting open shots. If the ball's not moving, you're not getting open shots. Yep. Yep, you're right. And, and, and some guys like to take on uh, a hero ball kind of uh, role at some points. A lot of, a lot of it um, – what I noticed is when Markel was on the floor and facilitating and he was going in when he was healthy, um, he sucks a lot of defenders in because a lot of people were seeing how, you know, he's going to, he's a strong guy. He's going to push you out of the way. He's going to get those baskets. And, and it's just, it's become so much more difficult for the team to kind of uh, operate. And, and AG's, AG's done a great job, I think, filling in kind of the facilitator role recently, but it's, it's so much different without Markel on the floor. And it's, it's just, it's, it can be, it can be tough. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's going to be the kind of the story this year is, is going to be Markel. I mean, that, there's no way around it. 
Um, it, we were probably going to play what ifs for a while. We all knew um, that, you know, the magic starting four and the magic starting six and two, that a lot of that had to do with, um, with just not having the greatest teams that the magic went up against. Um, I think their best win early on at four and was the heat who are still kind of struggling and trying to find their way. Um, that being said, it was impressive. The magic were beating teams that they were supposed to beat, which is something that, you know, couldn't be said in years past. Right. Um, so yeah, I, it, it stinks that Markel's, you know, gone, um, for this season, but, um, you know, it, it does provide for AG to kind of maybe channel his um, inner point guard, um, point forward uh, type role. So that if this happens, has to happen again, um, God forbid that that's able to happen. And Cole Anthony is going to continue to get his repetition. Um, and we've seen, you know, some good come out of the Markel Fultz thing. Um and which has been pretty encouraging as we've just kind of touched on Cole already. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the season pans out. I think we kind of know, um, but who knows guys step up here and there team gets healthy. Who knows what that kind of late season run. Hopefully there is a push near the end of the season, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. Do we make a trade? Do we, what do you think? I mean, are we going to, I, I see this as like a, a borderline playoff team right now. I don't think we're going to make it with the team we got. I, I really, that's out of the question for me at this point, but I don't think that this team is bad enough to sink all the way down to get a top five pick. I don't think they're that bad. You know, if we can, if we can, if we can still win, we, we've shown, we've had a history of, of, of losing games. We're supposed to win and winning games. We're supposed to lose. Right. And, and, and this team still, you know, with as many people out as possible, I mean, they, they show they can fight, um here and there so i i i do i do agree i do think that this season is you can kind of call it as is um i think the cap you know we see we've seen the peak for these guys i don't know how much more aaron gordon can do to help push this team i think vooch uh if we if we want to change things vooch needs a lot more help or vooch needs to get out i i think that's i don't i don't know if we need to make that decision this season uh i think we can kind of ride this one out and let cole develop see how he looks with vooch but that's I don't know I'm 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 not really sure where I stand on how this year looks right now. Yeah, we could definitely get more into that. Uh, we got a couple of fan questions really asking a lot of those questions more towards the end here. I wanted to just make the points you guys were talking about. You know, the beginning of the season, the beginning of the season with Markel and you know how the offense looked, and not to turn this into the Evan Fournier episode, but that's one of the things with with me, and I kind of mentioned it to Luke. Uh, when Evan was coming back, like, are, are we about to see Evan kind of regress back to like the Evan from the previous years that so many of us have been frustrated with because at the beginning of the season with Markel running the show, it was like, okay, Evan is now in like his perfect role, like getting spot up threes, like really picking his spots. Um, he was playing really efficiently, you know, before the back injury, but then Markel going out, it's like, now he's going to feel the weight, you know, of, of having to carry some of that offensive load. And now that's kind of what we've seen, you know, in spurts the last few games now. Right. It was, I mean, really just one play that I can think of tonight. Um, I think it was in the second half where um, he, he really just drove in and, and tried to – seemed kind of indecisive whether he was going to shoot or he was going to pass. Then he tries to pass it to Vooch, and it, it was just a, a turnover. They went yeah. the other way and, and scored. But apart from that, I mean, he, he played really well tonight. But that's been kind of, um, you know, frustrating to, to see out of Evan – but like you guys said, you know, Markel going out is such a huge, 
not blow not only to the team but but to the offense. So before we get to some some more of those questions, let's talk just talk briefly, um, you know, about the Hornets game tonight. So uh, Magic win tonight. What was that? One seventeen to one oh eight. Down fifteen in the first half. Bench goes on a huge run. He takes the lead, and then the Magic really never looked back. Like it looked like the last you know few minutes of the fourth, it might get kind of hairy there. Uh, but the Magic were just really able to make the plays that they needed to play to to make um, in order to win. Biggest thing for me tonight, and you know we can kind of go around and and see what you guys think. But w- was Cole Anthony? Like we've talked about that shot and what it was going to do for his confidence. Uh, Cole Anthony tonight, twenty one points. Um, I think he hit like five threes tonight, like five of eight from three, something like that. So uh, Cole was. Uh, four I wanted or five. to ask you guys, like four or five. Excuse me, I think it was Evan. That Evan was five, was of, eight five of three. Eight. You're yeah. correct. Right. Was this the week that because Luke and I have kind of had our questions and not trying not to criticize Cole, but I don't think you could ignore the degree to which he was struggling shooting the basketball. But is this the week that like Cole turns the corner? Yeah, Luke, you could take it first. Yeah, yeah, or, or Oscar, um, whoever. Oh, no, Luke, go for it. Yeah, I'll just go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I'm like we've said already. Uh, of course, I think um, his what his three point percentage before this was uh, like before the week. I think was like eighteen, nineteen percent. I don't. I could be wrong. Um, but now it's almost thirty. So I mean, it's twenty nine point eight. So I mean, like what we're we're three percent away from three uh having a like a respectable three-point percentage for a rookie being at 33 percent first year in the league he's taken 3.4 a game um his field goal percentage is it's still abysmal don't get me wrong his field goal percentage is 35 percent um but it was far worse it was far worse uh prior to this week um he obviously had tonight's game which will help and i don't even know if that's updated on basketballreference.com as far as uh, i know sometimes they don't do it automatically um but yeah i mean eight for 12 tonight well that's 75 percent from the field and 80 percent from three four for five so career high 21 points um, adds in five rebounds, which by the way, Cole Anthony, um, one thing he does deserve for sure. And credit is how good he rebounds for being a guard. Um, oh, yeah. he's one of the top rebounding rookies for sure. Um, at, at the guard position pound for pound, he might be the best rebounder on this team, like pound for pound. Like if he yeah. was, he had Vooch's size, like, <laughs> Oh my God. It. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's honestly incredible. Oh, and it, and he, he floats to the rim too. I mean, he's a guy that he'll eventually get he'll end the season with a few put back dunks i think um just off of tip shots i mean like he, he's always crashing the boards he's always putting putting it all out there he's he's a hustle guy and he's also a he's confidence guy somebody. so oh yeah i mean it, he's going to make someone yeah, just mean, hurt, regret hurt cody zeller tonight but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i want to check the injury report for cody zeller thinking like um nowhere near the ball just <laughs> yeah right in the face just smacking him but no um yeah i i think you know, the only thing with Cole tonight really was his fouls um, and his turnovers. He had a one-to-one turnover ratio to assist ratio, a turnover to assist ratio. So like to see that limit a little bit, like to see him not have five fouls. But when the guy's got 21 points career high and he shoots his percentages that he did and he was as efficient as he was from the offensive end of the court, um, I mean, you got to think this is kind of the start of Cole Anthony's true career. Oscar, so my take you? my takeaways tonight, honestly, two things. Uh, one, the bacon is sizzling. <laughs> oh my god, am I ever high on Dwayne Bacon? I love that kid. 
Love, love, love that kid. I got to tell you, I was on his Instagram live a couple weeks ago, and this is when uh, Chumo Kiki was still uh, was was not injured. And I went on there. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I had two nicknames for those guys. Chumo was Chum Buckets, and uh, bake, uh, Dwayne was Baconator. And I go on, I go on to Dwayne's Instagram live, and I'm like spamming comments. I say, "Hey man, what do you think about the nickname Baconator?" And he was just like, "Man, that is terrible. I hate that. Don't you ever call me Baconator." That's awesome. <laughs> He's like, "Don't ever say that." That's amazing. He, he shouldn't. He shouldn't see the meme that uh, Jonathan has made on the six man account. Then uh, <laughs> yes. Dwayne's don't, face don't on the Baconator. Don't look at it. Dude, yeah, it's, it's your last name mixed with the Terminator. It happens to be a delicious. It doesn't sandwich. get any like, better get than it. that, man. And he, you know, if he doesn't like it, that's you know, we're gonna yeah. keep calling him. We're gonna keep calling him. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, he's got his flaws. There were points tonight where he kind of stagnated the offense. I think that's it earlier in the game, but he got his shot going. Um, as the night went on, I think uh, Cliff, Cliff is really high on him too. So I think Cliff's gonna put a hefty amount of time into into uh, developing him. He's got a lot of good offensive tools. I love the I love the his uh, the way his shot looks. Um, I'm going too far into it, but 15 points from him tonight and two, uh, just like Lamelo Ball versus Cole Anthony. I wanted to talk about that as well because you know I, I'm I'm not one to be petty. I don't want to you know start a competition, but I do see Lamelo shooting four for ten from the field and only connecting for nine. What is that? Is that nine points? Mm-hmm. Nine points, two so. boards, four assists. Yep. So just that just makes me feel happy to see. That just it's just good to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely good. When we look to, at that like head to head. Yeah, no, it's good. Cole, Cole is uh, edging him out. I would so say far. so. I mean, I don't think. I mean, if you looked, if you probably looked at ESPN, uh, and their their rookie of the year rankings, they'd probably uh, place Lamelo's four passes above Cole's game winner or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also like. I, I learned a long time ago not to look into like anything that the, the national media has to say about the magic because they just every time they open their mouth and they talk for more than four seconds about the magic, it takes you about that long to realize that they don't watch the games, that they have no idea what they're talking about. So I really don't take what those guys say seriously. But I did want to talk about Cole and his efficiency. So um, updated on ESPN. So this is updated with tonight's stats. Um, he's up to 35% uh, from the floor up to 31.8% from the three-point line. So early in the season, you know, especially from the three-point line, it had a lot of offers. 0 for 2, 0 for 4, 0 for 3 to start the year. Had a 1 for 2, 1 for 5, 1 for 4, 1 for 6. But the last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games, we're looking at 2 of 5, 2 of 5, 3 of 3, 1 of 1, 2 of 4, 4 of 5. Oof. So, yeah. Yes, you could say he's a streaky shooter, but that's starting to look more like a trend. So last five games, 12.6 points a game, 5.4 rebounds, three assists, 47% from the floor, 66.7% from three over his last five games. So I do think he's probably going to be one of those guys who is more of a streaky shooter, but I think we're starting to see signs that not only are the, are the shots going in, but he's starting to make better decisions. Like tonight, knock down two straight threes, had another decent look at a three. Pump fake, one dribble, looked like he was going to hand it to Vooch, hits Terrence in the corner for a wide-open three that goes in. So two weeks ago, if Cole hits two two threes in a row, he's pulling that third one. Like, he's trying to get his confidence going. Yep. But just small things like that, he, like he mentioned, the game is starting to slow down for him just a bit. He doesn't have it all figured out, but 
each rookie talks about that, the point where the game starts to slow down for them. And I think that we are seeing that out of Cole. Um, when we go back to talk about like, what are, you know, the prospects for the rest of the season, I think so much of it is going to depend on the health of this team. If we get Michael Carter Williams back, if we get um, Chuma Okiki back, Alfa Rikaminu and Mo Bamba, all of those guys can contribute and play regular minutes. I do think we can make the playoffs. I think we could start to have that conversation now. Um, but if those guys can't get healthy, like if this is the 13 that we're running with for the rest of the year, we don't have a shot. But because we do have some of those guys that are set to come back, first of all, it's definitely going to get interesting as far as the rotation goes and the way that all of that is going to pan out. Um, I don't know if either of you guys want to speak to that at all because I have no idea what's going to happen when we get you know, perhaps four guys back that are all going to be competing for minutes. Yeah. I mean, you've got guys that have been, you know, proving themselves. You, you know, whether that's, that's bacon, Gary Clark has been playing better. Although I think we can all agree, Gary Clark's going to be the one to get the shaft when this eventually, when team, when the team gets healthy. Um, He's giving me heart attacks, man. Like he's yeah. I can't, I can't watch him play sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he had an all right game tonight. I think he shot like 50% from the field, but yeah. um, I think it was three for six, but um, yeah, as far as minutes go and the minute distribution, I, I feel for Cliff because that minute distribution with the rotation and the guys that probably feel like they deserve minutes now, all of a sudden, you know, let's say you get a bulk of these guys back all at the same time. I mean, that's a lot to, to, to get under control. Um, however, I will say in a, in a, in a year where you have so many back-to-backs and you're just in full one, you know, hundred miles an hour um, mode, it's going to be nice to have, you know, guys that can step up that have played the minutes in meaningful games to, you know, step in if there's injuries or there's guys that need to rest, you know, whoever that might be. So, um, I mean, you're already looking at what tonight, uh, even with all those injuries, you had nine guys play, which has kind of been a consistent thing with, with, you know, this season, just kind of distributing those minutes across. So nobody's too gassed for the next night or whatever, but um, yeah, then you factor in everybody else. It's like, where do these guys fit? Because I really don't know. And it makes me wonder if, you know, a couple of those guys get packaged for a trade here coming up soon. um, And to see if that's kind of the route that they, the front office goes, because that's just a log jam of players. In my opinion, it has its benefits, but that's a lot of minutes to distribute and guys to keep happy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Over you. the last few games. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Oscar. I was, no, I was just agreeing. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk over each other here all the time. That's, kind of, that's, our, that's our thing. That's, that's what exactly. Doing. That's what we do. It. Exactly. Mm. No, yeah. I mean, I think he was just agreeing, Jonathan, <laughs> if you want to. No, I, just, no but, I actually was, yeah. All right, well, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll take the floor. You don't he have was, to coerce well, he me was, into, he was talking. He was he was saying exactly what I wanted to say. I was uh, I was just thinking. I think the only the only thing I wanted to add was that I think even as uh, Cliff is really strict with his rotations, as you know, right? Like he likes to keep it with like a, a nine ten man rotation most nights. Um, I think I think that the whole sort of uh, chemistry, like people being upset with their roles or whatever, I think that won't be as big of an issue. Um, I think that we might see the rotation. I I honestly, for whatever reason, feel that he'll be expanding the rotation maybe to eleven guys. Uh, maybe pushing 12 at some point if the season's not going well um, if we start to lose some games he'll I think he'll expand the rotation or the or there there'll be there'll be a trade coming um, my only question is what caliber of player can you get for a mix of guys like MCW Bacon Gary Clark like you're not going to get an all-star caliber player I think you'll get 
a solid, reliable third scoring piece next to Evan and Vooch if you don't include them in a trade. So, yeah, I think, um, I mean, poor Jordan Bone, it seems like, and not to make Jordan Bone a big uh, storyline here, but Jordan <laughs> Bone is basically like completely falling out of the rotation. I mean, he played last night, but that was more with, you know, Aaron out. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, people that were talking about, oh, we need to get an Isaiah Thomas, we need to get, you know, Jeremy Lin or one of these guys. Like, I feel totally vindicated at the fact that Jordan Bone is now out of the rotation because I think as soon as Michael Carter-Williams comes back, now that Cole is starting to get more familiar and more comfortable with the starters, there's no way he's going to flip both units right now. Send yeah. Cole back to the bench and start MCW. I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. So MCW, he'll, he'll definitely take the backup point guard role. Um, Gary Clark's gone the moment Chuma Okiki comes back. Um, the only person that I'm not really sure on how he's going to fit is going to be um, Alfred Gaminu. Do we see James Ennis take a, a minute cut? Um, do we see I, – I wouldn't think Dwayne Bacon just because of the position, you know, differences there. Uh, but James Ennis is a guy who I think we could see, you know, kind of lose minutes. Maybe Kem doesn't, you know, play the 20, 25 minutes a night. Maybe we see, you know, the 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 rotation where we're seeing like Kem and Vooch together. That's probably more like Aminu and Vooch together. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I think it's kind of a, a good problem to have, though. I don't know that they're going to package, you know, a few of those guys and, and make a move. Um, tonight, I saw some people talking about potentially moving Kem, you know, because he's, you know, playing well enough that, you know, you can convince a, a team that he's a good backup center. But I just Mo has not proven that he can be healthy enough that you're just going to go without a third center at this point. And Ken has proven to be solid enough. So you might as well keep him. So, um, but let's, let's get into some fan questions. So really the majority of the fan questions revolve around, you know, either the team just going into a full nosedive and, you know, starting the tank um, or really, you know, are we going to trade Evan? Or are we going to trade AG? So let's start with the trade and Luke, you can kind of take this one. Um, do you think that, you know, we make a trade at the deadline. We've been talking so long about it being either Evan or, or AG. So um, what do you think when it comes to that? Uh, you know, before the season started, I was so certain that Evan Fournier was getting dealt. And I was so certain that Aaron Gordon was probably going to get dealt. I have no idea. I don't know. And I don't know if this is the time to do it. And with, with all these guys being out. And I mean, if you, if you're trading Evan and, or AG, I don't think AG has gone at this point, in my opinion. I mean, you do haven't had Chuma for enough games to really step in because that was the dream, right? It was like Chuma steps in, gets good minutes by deadline. He's, you know, played a good amount of games and you maybe trust him to fill that role and be something for the team the rest of the season. I don't think AG has gone. Um, Evan Fournier, maybe, but it's like, I mean, we've seen it. If if Evan's gone, this team, like, it, it, I, there's just not enough. Like, yes, there's a lot of guys, but I don't think there's enough guys to keep the team afloat. I think at that point, um, I don't know what you get in return for Evan. I don't know. I I mean, I, I have no inside scoop on anything. So I have no idea what front offices think of Evan Fournier. I can't imagine that they're crazy about him. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I really don't know. Jonathan, I mean, uh, Oscar, what do you think? I think, I think Evan, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting the asking price of Evan. I think, um, we can get maybe a few picks like second rounders, I think, because he's on this expiring contract, right? Like he's really not worth, he's not worth a lot. If he can no. prove to be a valuable offensive piece, I think we can deal him to a, um, 
uh, playoff contender, either for a young piece and some second rounders, or maybe try and push for a first. Uh, because I know that um, he's not going to land any big names. I maybe maybe a young guy we can look to develop as well. Maybe another uh, wing player, hopefully. Um, but but I think I think if we haven't regarding Aaron Gordon, I, if if we haven't dealt Aaron Gordon in previous years. It, where there's been more critical situations as to where we feel we need to trade him. Like now we're, we're fine. AG, AG show fitting into the system better. He's showing that he fits a role up uh, the role of a role player better than he does uh, a budding star. In my opinion, I think, I think we can call the cap on AG's kind of ceiling. I think, I think we're kind of seeing it around this time as, as sad as it is to say, you know, I had, Oh, I've always had super high hopes for AG, but um, his asking price is probably hasn't fixed from last year. I know Minnesota fans love him. I know that uh, he'd be a great piece uh, on a lot of teams, but asking price for both of them, uh, probably not crazy high. I mean, we'll probably get the same kind of haul for Evan that we will with AG, maybe a little more for AG. That's, that's where I sit. So here, here are my thoughts. Yeah. And, and once, you know, once I throw this out there, either you feel free to, you know, offer your rebuttal or, whatever you want to call it. But so I'm right there with, with Luke, like coming into the season, like Evan was the number one guy that I was just absolutely certain was going to be gone by the trade deadline. And the number one reason was just, it was like almost a reluctance to fit into his role on the team, like always trying to do too much. But as soon as we saw like from, from game one, Markel was completely in control of the offense and Evan just kind of fit perfectly into his role at that point. Now, you know, that has kind of been disrupted by the injury, and we've seen some frustrating signs out of Evan the last few games, even though he is playing well. Um, I could definitely see the front office talking themselves into, well, you know, let's talk to Evan around the trade deadline, see what he wants to do, see if he may be willing to come back next year on, like, a team-friendly deal, just kind of test the waters with his agent, see what he's thinking, because if he can come back next year, he would definitely need to take a pay cut. I'm not bringing him back at $18 million a year. But if you can bring him back on a reasonable deal and you can talk yourself into, okay, if I have a healthy Jonathan Isaac, if I have a healthy Markel Foltz, Jonathan's going to make up for, you know, Evan's uh, downfalls defensively, we'll put it that way. And then Markel facilitating the offense is going to kind of put Evan back into that perfect role. Now, my question now comes to Aaron Gordon and Alfred Aminu. When we look at the roster and what it should be next year, you've got four legitimate power forwards on the roster. You've got AG, you've got JI, you've got Chuma, you've got Alfaro Camino. In my opinion, Alfaro Camino or Aaron Gordon is going to be the guy that needs to be moved. When we talk about JI, he's going to be the starter, at, you know, at that you know power forward position probably. Um, and then Chuma, is, I think, is going to be ready to come off of the bench. Having Alfred Aminu, a, a veteran in the locker room, having him as your third power forward, that's probably ideal for this team right now unless he comes back and is just killing it. But the thing with Aaron Gordon, you're going you're gonna to move off of Aaron at some point, whether it's through free agency and you're just going to let him walk or you're going to cash in at the time where his value is the absolute highest it's going to get. We know that this is the cap for Aaron. This is as good as he's going to get. We know that he has the ability to be a, you know, probably first or second all NBA defensive team. We've seen his athleticism. Like if he had more opportunity to be like in the pick and roll and be like a rim runner, you throw it up there. Aaron has the ability to go and get it. Now he's also showing the ability to be a playmaker, uh, facilitating the offense, and sometimes even out of the pick and roll, making good passes. 
if a team can talk themselves into using Aaron Gordon in that role at times, a la like a Draymond Green-esque role, um, where he is orchestrating the defense to the best of his ability, guarding the other, other team's best player, and at times can be that guy to push the fast break to make plays for others, I could see a team get, giving a little bit more for Aaron Gordon than what we might think. Um, I don't think it's going to be a first-round pick or anything like that, but I could see, and especially more so with Evan, later on this year, he's on an expiring contract, a team that feels like they're right there as far as contending, but they're not quite there yet. They just need like one more guy, perhaps you know a young guy that just isn't quite playing up to his potential that might need a change of scenery, like a Markel Fultz. Moving him, moving you know some other veterans that might be on expiring deals or whatever to bring in Evan. I don't really know what's going to happen, but I still think that one of those two guys, Evan or Aaron, is going to be moved. I think I think that the Magic franchise is so weirdly loyal to uh, Evan and AG in in, in in the sense that like they really I don't think they really want them gone at all. They they do anything to keep them. I, I I would love Evan to come back on a team friendly deal. That way he's easily expandable. Um, it's not a big risk. We have more room to bring in other guys. All those uh, obvious things. My question is like with the development of Cole Anthony and, and, and hopefully Markel Fultz coming back to full strength next year, do we have some sort of log jam for minutes or development uh, with at the shooting guard spot, uh, running Cole and Markel next to each other, and then having to find a good chunk of minutes for T Ross and Evan as well. You know, I can see, I, I don't, I don't know how safe T Ross's role is on this team either, to be honest with you. I think if, you know, there are, there are days we can rely on him, and then there's days that we can't. I feel like there's not moments in games where you can and can't. It's a day for him, right? Like, it's a, it's a whole game where he's going to either hurt the offense or there's a whole game where he's going to help the offense. Um, so I think – I do think Evan would still be the first to go, but I, I, I also – I agree with you that there's been a path paved for Aaron Gordon's departure in Orlando. I don't see – you know, he's, I, he's not going to be here a whole lot longer, whether that be this season or next. Um, but you know, where do you, I, I agree that Aminu is the perfect kind of veteran presence to help develop Chuma and, and J.I. Uh, I just, and I don't see a, a role for Aaron on that team, on this team at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm there too with, with that. I mean, if that's the route they go, AG's got this season and next season left. Um, I, I, I do think that that is, that is definitely a role that, definitely a thing that could happen is AG getting dealt. Um, the Evan thing as well. I mean, I, I really don't know. I, with this front office, you hear a lot of things. Um, fans are speculating. Most of the stuff, because the front office doesn't toss us very much, um, the fan base creates their own rumors, and then fans are just all on board with one thing that has never been leaked ever. Um, so, and, and that happens a lot with this fan base because the, we're just not given much. Isaiah um, Thomas to Orlando a couple happen. years ago. Yeah, yeah, Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, exactly. Uh, a couple weeks ago, what are you talking about? Oh, a couple, a couple, no, like two years ago when, when Markel, before yeah. Markel came, we, everyone, everyone wanted Isaiah Thomas and ended up being like not actually what was okay. going on. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, it happens all the time. So yeah. um, nothing that happens will surprise me, I don't think. Um, the only thing that might surprise me is the return because I really don't know what these guys are worth. I don't, I don't have an idea. So um, yeah, it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens with these guys. Jonathan, was there any more uh, fan questions there? 
Yeah, this one is, is just kind of a two-parter that I'm gonna, I'm just going to kind of lump together. Um, if you could bring back any, like, past Magic player to just plug him into this roster, who would it be and why? Both. While the, you guys are thinking on that, I'm just, yeah. I'm just throwing Tracy McGrady in there. <laughs> if you give me a healthy Markel, a healthy J.I., Nikola Vucevic, you give me Tracy McGrady, and I'm, I'm ready to compete for a championship, like 100%. Like with this, this the, the role players that we have, I mean, you're probably kicking Evan Fournier out of the door at that point. But you give me a starting five of, of Markel Fultz, uh, Cole Anthony, let's put Tracy at the three, Jonathan Isaac at the four, Nikola Vucevic at the five, give me Terrence Ross, Chuma Okiki, you know, perhaps Tamer Moe or whoever coming off of the bench. I, I'm I'm ready to go up against anybody at that point. Am I allowed to take uh, Grant Hill pre-injury, or is that like not like kind of like fantasy land? This is fantasy land. You, you you do whatever you want. Chose violence. You chose violence. <laughs> I'm just think. I'm thinking. I'm like, if we can get the spot where, but before or after Detroit and before Orlando, right in that little time slot, I'd take him. But I, it's hard to argue with T Mac. I would love, love the love, love to see T Mac's uh, dynamic next to Cole and Markel, um, and him embracing a small forward role next to them. Ah, uh, uh, maybe. I always love Bismack Biombo. Maybe a prime Biombo too. What? I'd like to see what that. It, Wait, what? What? <laughs> really? Did you just say that? Brick hands. No, <laughs> come on. Hand, man, yeah, yeah, no. Oh I, I've, goodness, I've always got, I've always got love for be Biz. Ready to throw down. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he. No, he honestly like we talk crap about him, but Biz is like by all accounts one of the nicest guys in the entire world. Oh no, I know. So dude, terrible. Yeah, god, god awful, man. And I was, I was a big fan of his because I, I, I don't know why he, I loved his name. I just loved the sound of his name. <laughs> I was like Biombo, and he played for the Raptors, and I got to see him in person. So I was like, yeah, that, you know, he's he's he, the he one. Made, that dude made sixty-four million dollars off of one LeBron James block in the playoffs. Like, yeah, he had that block, and I was like, oh my god, this guy is incredible. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they forgot the tape part of the tape where he can't catch. Um, but uh, no, the uh, I, so just to be different, I think I'm bringing back. And I don't know, I'm going to say for this season, right? So this season is about growth, about coaching players um, and, and being able to be alongside them. I'm bringing in uh, a guy that you guys might know named Penny Hardaway. Ooh. I'm bringing him in and he's taking. Oh, so we just don't care about Markel anymore. <laughs> I said this season, would you chill out? Just I a... said this season. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So Markel, in, you're, you're, bringing, you're accounting the torn ACL. Okay. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just to make the season more exciting and give a different angle because I think Tracy McGrady would be my answer. But if it's with like this season and where we need it most, um, I'm cool with bringing in Penny Hardaway and just being being the mentor to Cole Anthony and getting buckets in the meantime as well. So I think that'd be fun. Penny might tear his ACL as well. Be careful. That. <laughs> is that too soon? No. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have to this, say this it. is why we can't Good have nice Lord. things. This is yeah, un- this is exactly why. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget. I forget what I I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, "Oh, what if that guy tears the ACL?" I'm like, "Would you watch your mouth? Like, why would you yeah, put that no, out of the universe? We've had this much of that. Oh, that was already. me. I don't remember what we were talking about, but that was me that you said that to. I think. Yeah, I don't well, remember who we were talking I, about. I do believe, like before the bubble, I was like, "Man, I just hope Ji's knee. You know, I hope he's good when he comes back. You know, if something terrible happened, like he tears ACL, it'd be awful." 
And then like two months later, he tore his ACL. It's probably one of the biggest regrets of my life for putting that out in the universe. So <laughs> come on, man. You have me to blame for that, fault. unfortunately. It's all you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's all yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, we talked before the podcast. Everything bad has happened since Luke. I mean, like the whole world got shut down the moment that Luke joined the podcast. So I'm, right. just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying it's not his fault, but we don't have evidence that it's not his fault either. And so. you did, you decided to keep him. So, and, uh, that's true. <laughs> okay. I'm dead. I'm dead. I, dude, I, I, I love Luke, man. He Everybody knows. I mean, some people think that I, I use Luke apparently, but uh, there was the moment that, that Luke has joined, dude, he – He's been a freaking a workhorse. He's helped the show out just like he's he's been invaluable. Oh, he's stop been, it. He's been stop incredible. It. I can't stop I can't it. say enough. I, he's blushing. He's blushing. You guys he's you guys are so but, um, you guys are so cute. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you better you better you better cut it out. You better cut it out, bro. I, I hit him with the with the, the full house. Cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah. All right, guys. We're 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 well over an hour here. You guys have anything before we talk about uh, the matchups for next week and then close it out? No, I'm good. Let's let's get to these matchups, and uh, I I think I hope it'll be uh, better than you know parts of this week. I'll take another game winner. Yeah, make it oh, be against, no, the any, any against the so Raptors. Against the Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, uh, dude. We'll talk about the Raptors, but we had so we had Charlotte tonight. We've got Sacramento at home on Wednesday, seven o'clock. Uh, Clippers at home on Friday at eight o'clock. And then we have like a half of a home game, I guess you would say, because the magic are just going to get on a bus. I'm guessing and drive an hour and a half <laughs> down I four to Tampa to take on the Raptors. I was supposed to be at that game. And then uh, Jeffrey Vinnick, who owns the lightning who also play in the Amelie arena because of the rising COVID cases in the area. He basically like put a kibosh on all fans at all oh, the games at Amelie for now. Damn. So that game got canceled. I'm, I'm super, super salty about that. I was so excited to be able to, to leave a magic game, you know, for <laughs> once at like, you know, nine 30 and be, be in my bed by 11. That never happens for me. So, uh, but yeah, if we don't have anything else, guys, we're going to close this out. Oscar, man, you were a blast to have on. Thank you so much for, for coming on, taking the time, and thank you for, for doing what you do in the Orlando Magic community. I am, I am so grateful for you guys. Thank you for choosing me to have – it was a great experience. You guys are so much fun to talk to, seriously. And, and, and you guys do a lot for the Magic community as well. Like, we wouldn't be – as you know, the Magic community is what it is because of you guys and people like you guys. So, thank you. Appreciate it. Much appreciated, man. We'll have you on again. You know, this is going to well, be but- a – it's going to feel like a very long season, unfortunately. Yeah. So we'll, yeah, well before, you before, you know, there, there's a, a, a wrap put on this uh, week ahead is Kings Clippers Raptors. Right. So Oscar, give us real quick. We usually give like our feel for what the record will be um, this week. Um, and, and what do you think you, you've got the six and 10 Kings 13 and four clips, seven and 10 Raptors. What do you see happening? Uh, well, you know, Kings have been very iffy. I, I, Tyrese Halliburton scared me a little bit, but um, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, and I'm never betting against the Magic when we play the Raptors. So I got two wins, one loss. We beat the Kings, we beat the Raps, and we lose by a lot to the Clippers. Like, by a lot. <laughs> by a hefty, hefty margin. Yeah, I think I'm right there That's with fair. you. I'll, I'll, stay two, I'll say two, two and one as well. Beauty. All right. All right. Just to be different, I'm going to say one and two. You pick up the the win against uh, against the Kings and you lose to the Clippers. You lose to the Raptors. Good thing about the Raptors, though, is that you'll play them again on Tuesday at home. So, um, I mean, we swept the we were able to sweep the Cavs, but it's so hard to beat a team, you know, twice in a row. So I think if they lose on Sunday, they'll be able to pick it back up at home. Um, but, But the good news is they don't have a lot of travel this week. So 
just thankful. For yeah, that. and 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 also the uh, the Kings. I don't believe have put together two wins in a row. They're coming off of uh, some postponements um, with the Grizzlies. Ooh. I don't believe they strung together two wins in a row. They had a win against the the Knicks, their last game, January twenty second. Uh, so hopefully that means good things uh, for for the matter. Absolutely. Yeah, well, again, hope. Oscar, thank you. But closing out this, uh, this is for Oscar, for Luke. This has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We catch you guys every single Monday. But thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!